Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you this morning. Uh, my name's Dan Frith. I'm part of the church family here at St. Mark's and part of the team. My role is to be the Wandsworth Food Bank Manager. As you saw from the video just now, uh, at the Food Bank, we've been pretty busy over the last four months, responding to, sadly, uh, increasing need locally. And we uh, repurposed the way that we operate uh, usually, as in pre-March 2020, we, we partnered with four other churches and the food bank is open on different days in different locations around Wandsworth. Uh, but we took the decision uh, from the start of April to switch to a home delivery service. So we have run all of that centrally from in St. Mark's and we're so grateful for uh, the use of the building during this time. It's been so great to be able to respond and to scale up. You can imagine uh, reconciling those five centres into one at the same time as the need and demand for our service doubling. It's led to quite uh, a large operation where many weeks there would be kind of up to four tonnes of food coming and going uh, in big trucks arriving and in volunteers' cars uh, to people's homes who really need our help. And uh, as such, we feel actually we've got to the point where we've sort of like outgrown the space that we can reasonably use at, at, at the church. And so we uh, amazingly have been offered fantastic warehouse space uh, off-site, which is a PC World store on Wandsworth Bridge Road. And we're just sorting out the final details of, of that move. And we're hoping very much that in the next few weeks that can happen which will in turn allow more other things to happen at the church. Uh, thank you so much for your, your patience in that. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a great time and God is with us. I wondered if we could ask for your help. There might just be uh, some people uh, watching this, uh, part of the church family who uh, would love to help us out. And we do need a few more drivers. So if you drive, uh, we usually ask for the deliveries to homes to be done in sort of pairs from the same household. So if, if there are maybe two of you from your household who might be up for doing that, it's during the week, Monday to Friday, uh, either at 12 midday or at 2 p.m. If you're ever free then and fancy that, do just get in touch with me. Uh, another need we have is in some people just preparing the deliveries ahead of those drivers arriving. So if you ever any, have any time around the middle of the day and you'd be interested in just helping with that, we can train you in that. We would love that. Uh, or perhaps you could pray for us. We'd really love to ask for uh, your prayers in the coming weeks as we just continue to uh, do what we can to uh, respond to the problem of, of poverty and hunger in Wandsworth. But this morning, uh, as Charlie said, I've been asked to preach and to introduce this new series, What Kind of Church Do We Want to Be? As we emerge from this lockdown, what kind of a church do we want to be? And this morning, we're looking at what does it mean to be a compassionate church? And we had our reading earlier from Colossians 3. You might want to turn to that again. And in my Bible, this, this passage Colossians 3 from verse 1 to 14, this, this passage is titled, Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. And Paul, who wrote it, is urging the believers to set their hearts on the things above, to put to death the old way of life. 
We celebrate being made alive in Christ, being resurrected with him. And just turn to verse 12. That's a key verse for today. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. I think this verse in some ways sort of sums up the essence of the Christian life. I believe it's relevant today to us as individuals and as a church community together. And he says, clothe yourselves with compassion. And so I've been thinking a bit this week about this analogy of clothing and what it means to clothe ourselves. This isn't necessarily uh, taken from a, um, a Bible commentary. It's more just my own thoughts, but uh, bear with me. I believe there might be something for us here. My first, first thing I thought about being uh, being clothed is the act of clothing is an active thing, not a passive thing. We have to actively choose to clothe ourselves and then we have to choose what clothes we're going to clothe ourselves in each day. Now I realise in saying this we are sort of still in lockdown mode and you're watching church on the TV. Statistically 65% of you are in your pyjamas right now. but that aside, uh, let's, let's, let's agree that generally uh, clothing ourselves is an active thing and not a passive thing. It's something that covers us. So therefore, if we're thinking about what does it mean to clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with gentleness, with humility, with kindness, that stuff covers us. And that's something that we need to choose to do actively every day. And what we choose to wear changes the way that other people view us. Whether we like that or not, that is true. So, for example, today I've chosen to wear this very smart black T-shirt because I want you to think that I'm a very smart person. It doesn't have a collar because I want you to know that I'm a man of the people on a Sunday morning. Apparently black is a very slimming colour as well. So if you do ever find yourself having to film a talk like this, I can recommend black. But it changes the way that people view us. So if we choose to choose to clothe ourselves with compassion and with kindness and humility and gentleness, then that is what people will see. And people will see our good deeds and praise our Father in heaven, as it says elsewhere in Scripture. The last thing I'll just say on, on clothing is that thinking through this analogy, it sort of reminded me of the armour of God, which is another passage in the Bible that we look at often and we think about the battles that we're facing. We need to put on uh, the shield of faith and the breastplate of righteousness and the sword of the spirit and this, this uh, battle uh, armoury kind of imagery. And it just struck me that before you can put on any armour, you need to put on some clothes. Can you imagine going out to battle wearing the battle armour with no clothes underneath? I mean, the chafing would be devastating. So before we can think about going out to face our battles each day, we need to clothe ourselves. We need to choose to clothe ourselves in compassion, in kindness, humility, gentleness, and in patience. So as a church, if we want to be a compassionate church, 
This word compassion is just about feeling empathy for another person, feeling hurt when someone is hurting, feeling what they're feeling. The next in the list, the kindness, is really kind of like the outworking of that, putting those feelings into action. I believe that compassion and justice have to go hand in hand. And actually part of feeling that empathy in compassion is we put it into practice by hungering and thirsting for justice. My prayer is that as we hopefully become a more compassionate church, at the same time we would demand to see social justice outworked in our time. So as we see on the news, as we have done in the last week, about clothing factories in Leicester where people are forced to work in appalling conditions and paid £3.50 an hour because of fast fashion and demanded by companies like Boohoo, we see that and we feel the compassion, but beyond that we say no to modern slavery. We need to speak out, we need to make choices uh, that say we really want to see justice roll on like a river. We don't want to see people trapped in poverty and trapped in uh, modern day slavery. That is what is part of what being a compassionate church looks like. Because Desmond Tutu said, there comes a point where we need to stop just pulling people out of the river. We need to go upstream and find out why they're falling in. So if your next door neighbor is skipping meals so that their kids can eat because they don't have enough money for the essentials, because their zero hours contract job is just not paying enough and is not often enough you might choose to share your food with her so that she can eat. But beyond that, you might work with her to help her find another job, to find more work. But beyond that, you might choose to look upstream and start to challenge some of the systemic problems that are trapping people in poverty. And those three things are really what the food bank is all about. We help people with an immediate need for food, but beyond that, we we link them up with expert sort of advice and other agencies that can work with them longer term to resolve some of the issues that are really trapping them. And, and thirdly, we do research and advocacy work, working towards a future where food banks aren't needed because everyone has enough. So one exciting development I can tell you about is that starting tomorrow, we have a new post of uh, policy and communications manager. And the person taking up that post is Sarah Chapman. Please pray for Sarah as she starts that role tomorrow. She's been doing that voluntarily for the food bank in her spare time for a long time. But we now have the resource and we really want to invest in that area of the work because we believe that poverty isn't inevitable. It's solvable. And we really, really want to see a day where food banks are no longer needed. A passage from the Old Testament has been inspiring me a lot recently, and it's Jeremiah chapter 29. This chapter is famous for a verse about the plans that God has for us, plans to prosper us. And that's a, that's a great verse. The, the bit that I've particularly been looking at just comes just before that. 
And it's written to a people in exile. So they're stuck in a place they don't want to be. They're far from home. So maybe this is a message for you if you feel out of place or if you feel homesick or if you'd rather be somewhere else. Because exile is anything really that takes us away from comfort and certainty. For most of us, probably lockdown has been an exile experience. And the passage stood out to me because I think knowing that background, I was expecting the message would be, hang on in there. It's not that long. You can be home soon. We'll get you out of there. But actually, if we look at verse 4 of Jeremiah 29, it says, This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. So the message really is quite a surprise. It's about settling down despite feeling unsettled. It's about committing to a moment even though it's temporary. It's about moving forwards even though they couldn't see the whole plan. And the next bit really stuck with me and it feels relevant as we think about wanting to be a compassionate church. This is Jeremiah 29 and verse seven. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Pray to the Lord for this place that I've called you to be. As we think about our local community, do we think like that? If Wandsworth prospers, we will prosper. If Battersea prospers, if the Winstanley estate prospers, we prosper. Because we're part of this community where God's called us to be in this geography at this time. I think so often our faith is quite individualistic. We talk a lot about our personal relationship with God. But God, we have to remember God is all about community. So much, if not all of the Bible, was written to a community. We need to work out together in community. And we really need to be at one with our neighbours in the wider community. And those famous verses about the plans God has for us to prosper us. Maybe it's no coincidence that that word prosper comes up there as well. So God's plans to prosper us involve us seeking the prosperity of the place he's called us to be and praying for our community. So as we emerge from this lockdown, as we're looking forward to normal returning, my prayer is that we would seek a resurrection instead of a resuscitation. So a resurrection is a new life, which I think is probably what Paul was talking to when he's in Colossians where he says, put to death the old way of life and we're made alive in Christ. It's a resurrection, it's something new. And a resuscitation is just bringing back to life a corpse exactly as it was before. 
So let's not just switch everything back to how it was and miss this opportunity we have to wait, listen and pray. Let's ask God to resurrect us as a more compassionate church, choosing daily to clothe ourselves in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. And let's pray to God for our community. Seek the prosperity of the place where he's called us to be. Amen.